Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Disney Geeks, the podcast. I am one of your hosts, Carolyn. And I'm Rod. And today we have reached, I can't believe we're here already. We're at the end of phase one with the Avengers. Kind of sad that we're not going to be watching Marvel for a little bit, but we're going to watch some other exciting stuff, so it's fine. Listen, I have to think about it. We watched Iron Man, Iron Man 2, Captain Marvel, Thor. Captain America. Captain America and The Incredible Hulk. That's six movies. We watched... We watched almost the entire Star Wars saga in this. We're three movies short. I say, why does it feel less painful, though? (laughs) You know what? Um, As we've seen from other episodes, it was very painful for me. I mean, it was painful, but maybe just because I enjoy Marvel a little bit more, it felt less painful and went by a little faster. And that's how I guess I kind of felt with Star Wars. I'm like, oh, man, we're already half. We're like already done with this trilogy. We're already done with this trilogy. Just shows where geekiness comes from. Exactly what we, where our loyalties lie. <laughs> but yeah, um, I'm I'm excited to like. I was really excited to revisit this movie because I really haven't watched it in a very, 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 very long time. I mean, I think the other thing too is because it's referenced so much elsewhere in the MCU, and they always like keep coming back with like new points of view of that event. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's like seen it a lot recently, especially in Phase Four. They brought it up a lot in Phase Four. Yeah, they kept coming. I was thinking about that as we were watching it with uh, Hawkeye and how they brought it back to like Kate Bishop and her seeing him. And then obviously in Endgame, they spend a bunch of time in the end battle at New York. And it's, I mean, this is phase, it's phase three with Homecoming, right? Uh, Yeah, in phase three. Yeah, they go back to it there. So yeah, this is the one out of the phase one movies that definitely gets kind of the biggest callbacks to, which makes sense. Uh, it's the like pinnacle of phase one. Yeah. It's also crazy. Cause I think that's, I think what's so cool about the MCU too, is that utilizing this, like it, like as much as we talk about like the blip and all of that, this is also one of the most traumatic events to happen on like quote unquote earth's history. You could probably see this to be like their, I'm not saying that it's the exact equivalent, I, but like, a traumatic event like 9-11 that you could like equate the two in terms of like how those people view it in New York. No, hundred percent. I was thinking about that as I was watching the movie last night, like the Chitar and I can pronounce that word, the Chitari can't say it fast though. <laughs> they literally, it's like they're knocking down buildings and that's like not a small thing. So uh, that was kind of the correlation in my brain. It's like, wow, like the, I mean, they reference it, I think, more in phase three and then the most in kind of phase four, where it's like this aftermath of what happens after the Avengers leave. I mean, obviously, it's a big thing that happens with Civil War and Sokovia. But it's like, yeah, they pretty much like demolished New York. (laughs) It's a big cleanup effort. And like, yeah, it is traumatic. Yeah, it's super traumatic. I do that every single time I watch these big movies where it's like debris everywhere. I'm like... I know it's a movie set. And I think I've said this before, but like someone has to clean that up. Like there is someone's job that has to be like, they destroyed the set. We made it a crazy mess. Now we have to clean it up. Yeah, but that's what they do. That's their job, Rod. I know, but it's, I don't know why (laughs) I think about that so much. I'm like, man, 
Like that's someone's job to clean. Like they made it intentionally super messy, and then you have to clean it up. I'd be, I don't know why. Like personally, I'd be so bad, and I don't. But it's not. I know that's their job. But for me, I'm just like, <laughs> I'd be so bad. Be like, you guys did this purpose. Do my job harder. I say, well, you don't have to have the job of a set cleanup person. <laughs> I know. I know. I just, it's the weird, I told you, there's weird things that I fixate on sometimes, and that's one of them. It's fine. It's fine. But, uh, Rod, do you have any memories of this movie from when it first came out or when you first saw it? So, weirdly enough, I don't remember when this movie came out. Like, obviously, I know the year and all that, but, like, I don't remember going to to the theaters to see it. I don't remember, like, I remember we watched it a ton at home for two reasons. One, um, I know he's very problematic now, but back then my family were very big Joss Whedon fans because he made Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel and our house was like very much about those two shows. So when Joss Whedon made it, my brother was like, oh my God, Joss Whedon, brilliant, great, amazing. And my brother, as we learned when he talked about Empire, he's all about like directing styles and all that kind of stuff. So it was a lot of that. My brother got very obsessed with like watching all of his interviews about like directing the Avengers afterwards. And like, that was also what my brother got very, he had a very big man crush on Tom Hiddleston and that lasted for a long time. So that also happened a lot where he's like, Loki's the best. And I'm like, this movie is what it is. So I got kind of tired of the Avengers. not going to lie a little bit at one point, just because we watched this movie so much. So much. How about you, Carolyn? So I watched this one again when I did my rewatch, my first time watch. I don't want to call it a rewatch. My watching of all of the movies before Infinity War. And I initially didn't like this one as much. And my reason for this is because they were like, and I know that's the point of the movie is they're all clashing heads and like fighting and whatnot. But I didn't like that aspect of this movie at first. I, when people would talk, because I had no sense of obviously really any of the movies. And I got to Age of Ultron and I was like, I like this one so much more. They're all getting along. They're having fun. Like they're having like drinking games. This is great. Why does everyone hate this movie? I did not understand because I was like, they spend the half of the Avengers movie just like fighting with each other. So that's how I remember this movie at first. I've come to appreciate this movie a lot more. But the first time I watched it, I was like, why does everyone like this one more than like some of the other ones? I don't understand. That's fair. I mean, that's definitely, I like, and I think that's what I like about the MCU is that it's all grounded in realism. And like, they all have these, like you said, very clashing personalities. So it makes a lot of sense as to why they would be this way. But I definitely would get that too. Being like, this must be a movie about camaraderie and they're just bickering for like three fourths of the movie. Yeah. I was like, are this, they're supposed to be the Avengers. They're a team. Why aren't they not working as a team? Because <laughs> that's literally how like my understanding of what the Avengers was. Like, obviously I knew there was like things with civil war and like I had a very vague knowledge of some things, but it's just like, I don't understand. The Avengers is much lower on my list. It's now it's like higher on the list, but it's like, initially when I kind of like first ranked them, I was like, I don't understand. The Avengers is below Age of Ultron for me. So, for this movie, um, they do not understand that there is no I in team. They all think that they are the eyes. Pretty much. Yes. So, with based on your memories, then, Carolyn, how many Infinity Stones would you give this? 
I would probably give it a six, which I know, I know is really low, but that's just, we're going off of the first time that I watched this. So six. I'm going to also give it a six. I know that's also low, but like I, upon rewatching it, I have my, I guess my reasons too. But you know what? Let's delve right into it. So miraculously, don't know how, because I thought about this. Um, Loki somehow survived. Somehow, some way, because we really don't know how. Even in Thor, they got kicked out of the Bifrost tunnel and survived, so They did? Yeah, remember Ragnarok? Yeah, when... but it was like, but the, the planet was like right there. I don't know. He like no, flew it wasn't. into space. They like he, Loki literally just flew in space. There was no planets around them. But that's kind of what happened in Ragnarok too. They just got kicked out into space. Like, yes, but like at a velocity. Loki just like, I let go. I free falled. And I don't know. For me, it just seems a little weird. Because at least with Ragnarok, they were like shoved out into something. Whereas like this, Loki just like free fell. And he like, what? He just like flew in space until he found like the others? I don't know. It's He's a magical being. They can do things we don't understand. He's a god. He is a he's a god. Don't you understand he's puny, that? He's a puny god. Puny god. <laughs> puny god. Anyways, like I said, I just don't understand how, but miraculously, Loki found these people called the Others, and they are the they're the ones that are in charge of the Chitari, and they've given him the is it the Mind Stone? Yeah, we don't know that. It's the scepter. Yeah. Yeah, but it's a scepter. He gives him a scepter that he's like, you can control people with this, and it gives you power. And they're saying, but you need to go get the Tesseract, because the Tesseract is on Earth, and that is our way of being able to solidify some power in the galaxy. And so that's when we jump to Earth, and we're suddenly having like a meltdown at S.H.I.E.L.D., because we're finding out that the Tesseract is alive, and what did they say? She's acting up. I forget what Selvig calls it. He's like, she's like acting up. And so they're like, we don't know what's happening, but like the Tesseract is reacting and we're trying to get everybody off the base just to keep everybody safe. And they were like, the Tesseract is able, is able to open doors. So like, while it can come, he- like we can go to other places, other things can come here. So like, we're afraid of what's going to come in. And all of a sudden, oh, and that's, we also see Selvig who we saw at the end of Thor is like dealing with the Tesseract. And then he also mentions... <laughs> I like, I, I don't know. I always find that line just a little weird. They're like, where's Barton? You mean the hawk in his nest? <laughs> yes. I was just hanging out up there. That, I don't know why that line is weird to me. I, say, I feel like it's one of those ones where it's like they had to like squeeze in the, you want to call him Hawkeye, you know? So it's like, this is our kind of way to do it. I also think it's just hilarious that uh, Nick Fury is like, what? It can go both ways. And <laughs> Like, Martin's just like, yeah, you idiot. That's how doors work. Which I'm also like, this isn't his first rodeo with the Tesseract either. As we've learned, he dealt with this with Captain Marvel. So like, I mean, I know at this point, Samuel L. Jackson does not know this yet, but... Well, yeah, I mean, but in Captain Marvel, they didn't really... That was just like a power source. It's, that's how they talked about it in Captain Marvel. Like they didn't know it could like transport you places. It's only that's been Selvig since has been like researching it that they're realizing that it can do a lot more. Also, did you notice that the housing that the the Tesseract is in in this scene it looks like an arc reactor? 
Oh, yes, 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 yes. Which I'm like this. I mean, I'm enjoying. It's weird because you can definitely tell when Disney takes over afterwards because the directing just looks like it's the same director for Age of Ultron. But Age of Ultron doesn't look the way that this movie does. It's weird because like you can for me, I guess I can still tell that it's a Paramount movie. And then you can tell the shift of like Disney. And I don't know why, because it's the same director. So you would think it's the same directing styles, but it seems a little different with Age of Ultron. It's like this style of things. It's like the first time, it's the other thing. The first time I think, first or second time, at some point when I watched this, I just remember thinking the costumes in this one, while they look good, they look kind of corny. Like Thor's, yes. they, it look, it just looks, it, they're very comic-y which is not bad but i think once disney took over you can tell they're still very comic-y but they look like the costumes just look a lot better so i think that it's like not that it's necessarily the you know like he changed his style it's just like oh we get to make things look really good now that's fair very fair um so with that being said about the door of the tesseract loki comes through and basically kills everybody in the room except for ironically uh hawkeye nick fury and selvig which he uses his scepter and it gets barton and selvig to be on his side with their bright blue eyes and they're now under loki's control or what did he say because they call it like they have an absence of will and so that makes them want to do things more yeah it's yeah it's basically like mind control because it is the mind stone so yeah um so with that being said they all are escaping and they this is where i forget her name is maria something what's what's her name maria hill there we go uh so maria hill and fury escape um with this like crazy you know car chase through the tunnels of the shield facility and that's when Fury's like, we need to do the Avengers initiative. And so that's when he gets the the people together. So we end up first seeing Natasha, which I love this version of Natasha. Like, this is like what she should have been introduced like in Iron Man 2. Yeah, 100%. So much better already. Like, she is smart. She is sassy. I love this, the whole part where she's like i've got them exactly where i want them and colson's like no you gotta come in she's like fine <laughs> well when the, he's like well what was oh because he said barton's been compromised and she's like give me a minute i think my favorite part is he's just like quote-unquote on hold while he's hearing her beat up everybody so it's great colson is like the the rounder up of the children he really is which I don't get me started. When I tried watching Agents of Shield, I got very upset about the whole Coulson thing. I know he comes back, but I don't know how, and I don't. I, I we don't need to talk about it. But he, it's a whole weird thing, which I watched a. I watched a season and like three episodes. And I'm like, I'm done with this. I can't anymore. Once they were like no longer actually talking about Shield, and they were actually they were talking about Shield, but like the events weren't correlating with the movies anymore. I was like, whatever. Yeah, I remember because it was hard for them to keep the timelines, like, because shows get produced faster, so it was hard for them to keep in sync with, like, what was happening on the movies. So, yeah, I've just never, never, it's, like, there. Maybe one day I'll watch it, but. Yeah, until they actually, like, become canon in some way with, like, 
the of like the MCU, we're gonna pretend that doesn't exist. They're already starting to do that with Daredevil, which is great, but you know. Anyways, um, they use Natasha, which I don't know why they chose Natasha to be the person to go get Bruce, but they did. Pretty girl, less intimidating. I don't know. I guess, but like she's clearly super fearful of him being the Hulk. So like, wouldn't she put someone who like I don't I I would have thought you would have sent tony after him being like i mean we learned in age of ultron he like can stop the hulk for the most part not easily but he can stop the hulk for the most part whereas like natasha just is like scared the whole time but she has every right to be yeah i think everyone was scared of the hulk at this point but also tony probably didn't develop the tech until sometime before age of ultron probably iron man 3 because that's when he makes all the all the suits you know to subdue the hulk and you know tony they didn't really want him involved it make it makes sense why they sent natasha i don't know who else they would have sent him her or hill like yeah no i know it's just i just someone with i'm not saying that she doesn't have the gumption it's just more of like if he turned to the hulk natasha can only do so much well what's tony gonna do guys yeah, I, I don't know subdue him easier than Natasha would have to put a lot more work in to get him <laughs> subdued than Tony would. I think that's where I'm getting at. It's like poor Natasha would be like, I'm out. Like, I'm done. I'm going to go back to hunting Russian spies because, like, the Hulk is a lot. But even Thor can't really, like, subdue the Hulk. He's, we see them later battling it out. Like, it's not like any of the Avengers are really at the Hulk level. Again, no. But it's just, like I said, I think it's because I saw her being, like, like again she has every right to be but like how quickly <laughs> she was like i'm gonna shoot you that i don't know and again you see it later how like she's literally i mean again i would be too if anything i'd be dead i wouldn't be as like tactful as natasha when it happens later i, f- I feel for her that's basically it it's like i feel the the poor woman is going to be traumatized but granted she's going to be traumatized no matter what anyways so they send natasha to go get bruce banner and this is where we get mark ruffalo's bruce banner instead of edward Norton. thank goodness and the only reason that they are bringing him in is because they've realized that there's gamma radiation and they're like bruce has studied gamma radiation so he should be able to find the tesseract a lot easier than they would and that's when fury is like goes to the place that we leave uh captain rogers where he's beaten up <clears throat> the beat the, the he's beat boxing. that's how they're called he's they, boxing, he's boxing. <laughs> whatever, he's whatever. His, his his anger that he lost 50 years of his life or 60 years of his life isn't it like 70 years of his life oh you're right 70 because it's 2012 so yeah from the 40s to the yeah, because they always yeah, he's like in his thirties and then now he's a hundreds, but he's still in his thirties. So Yes. So uh Fury's like, we got a mission for you and come in. And this is where I like I see his we'll see it a little bit later when they go after when they capture Loki or whatever, but like I don't know why his outfit just like you said, it's very cartoony. <laughs> yeah, his outfit in this one. But <clears throat> I do have to commend the costume designer for putting him in whatever sweatpants or khaki pants those were when he's boxing. Like, <laughs> you mean how he has baggy pants and then he has like the tightest of tightest shirts in the world? <laughs> I say, yeah, no, just that whole look with the white shirt. It's great. We love it. <laughs> we, what, she wanted more of it. Marvel, bring it back. Do it again. I say not the whatever. This is honestly one of my least favorite Captain America costumes that they, the, the cow. Yeah, it's just, 
I guess they were going for the iconic look, but it just, Gantman says, just didn't do anything for him. Nope, nope, nope. Uh, and so Coulson is sent to go talk to Stark, which makes sense because Coulson's been the one that's been dealing with Iron Man the most. And basically gives him all of the work, uh, or sorry, all the people that they're like, we're bringing these people together. And so I just love when Pepper's like, you've got a lot of homework. So we have all that happen. And then they realize that uh, Loki is in Stuttgart. Stuttgart? Stuttgart. There we go. I have to to get my German right. And he's basically, I forget why they're there. They need to get this like special metal that's only in this certain place. So they need a distraction so they can go steal it. But then they also need someone's eye to get into the facility. So Loki kills two birds quite literally with one stone. Yeah, I... Literally, like, when I see something, that's so aggressive. I There's so many, like, easier ways that could have been done. And no, they're just like, Loki's like, nah, I'm going to make a distraction and kill somebody. Like, wah Like, every time I, it's, I think it's the, the flesh and bone crunching sounds that get me every single time. Yeah, no. And I, like, anytime anything happens with eyes, like, I can watch like bloody gory stuff but if it and anywhere in the eye region i'm done i'm out i <laughs> cover mine because i can't i'm like there that's like one thing i can't handle it's just it's too much for me so i'm like when that part comes up i'm like mm, okay mm, it's over quick thank god yeah i just oh it's it's rough and i forget like how rough it is until every time i get to that scene in the movie so Loki basically goes out and he turns back into his. I never understood his crown. I'm not gonna lie. Every time I see it, I just think of him as like a grasshopper. Like he just looks like a grasshopper. They're horns. I know, but it looks like a grasshopper. Like it's because of the green and I don't know. It's but anyways. So um, he goes out and he basically commands the German people to bow to him. And he's like, you, I like that's so, I, that's such a brilliant line. Like every time I hear it, I'm like, he's not totally wrong. It's like people view subjugation and they want it, whether they will like agree to it or not. And that's why there's always a power struggle is because people want to be like, they want ruled. to be the peasants, I guess. Yeah. And they want to be ruled, which is so weird. And I'm like, that is a powerful line. Cause there are so many people that like, they don't want to be leaders. They'd rather just be the person that follows whatever somebody else says. I love the old guy in this scene too. Yes. He's one of my favorites. And then, and then obviously the Avengers show up and caps like last time I was in Germany, I like fought a bully. Oh yeah. He's like, last time I saw somebody in Germany, they were bullied. It did end. For, oh, we had, a, we ended up having a disagreement. Yeah. Yeah. I can't even remember how he quite says it, but yeah, I say such a great line. And I just love that Tony just shows up in <laughs> the most Tony fashion ever. It's <laughs> blasting. I think it's ACDC. Yep. And he's like, what do you say? He's like, Hey, Romanoff, did you miss me? Yeah. <laughs> She's like, no, I did not. I did not call you in for this. <laughs> uh, this is peak peak Tony sauce in this movie, though. It's so good. It really is. And I appreciate it. I really, like, I think if it wasn't for Tony Sass, this movie would be a lot less fun. Like, it's fun in its own way. But, like, Tony is, like, a major reason why it is fun. 
I think the other one of my favorite things about this movie too is like all the references that get thrown around, but then like Cap not understanding some of them and then Thor not getting others and like and Cap's like, Oh I got that one. <laughs> I'm like, that's how I feel always. <laughs> Cause he says something in the it's about the cards and he's like, I collected them like something and he's like, What? Yeah, I say, Oh, what did Colson say? Because it was kind of funny. Uh yeah, but it wasn't a reference to the cards and Cap was like, huh? And he's like, you wouldn't understand. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, you're right. It's just it's fun hearing all these like I, like I said, I just appreciate a sassy person because I am also sassy, and so being like, hey, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, Tony has doth doth smother know you wearest her drapes. <laughs> that's what I was literally about to say. Like, I mean, we're, so we're heading into we're heading into that part anyways. So yeah, they like capture Loki and go back, and then Thor shows up, which. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that they're like lightning, and then he's like, "Ooh, you don't like lightning." He's like, "I'm not overly fond about what comes out." <laughs> and I'm like, "Yes," but which again, I think that's also crazy because I remember you said, "How the heck was Thor able to get there?" And I'm like, "Okay, so Loki throws a throws a toss out line that's like, uh, All Father must have used a lot of dark magic to get you here.'" And I'm like, "Ooh." I think because it's such a tossaway line, no one remembers that. I'm like, that's like referencing Hela and like what happens in Ragnarok. Yeah. Well, I say they reference the dark like magic a lot because even in Endgame, Hamdal, when he sends Hulk back to Earth, he's like, All Father, let the dark magic flow through me like one last time. So it's like, it's like reference, but it's never like fully explained. So clearly they they have other ways that are not probably the best to get from place to place. <laughs> um, As they say once upon a time, all magic comes with a price. Yes. And so that's how Thor gets back to back to Earth. And that's where we have the huge fight. Well, first between Tony and Thor, which I also love when he uses lightning against him. And they're like, he's like, ah, and you think that he's like done for and They're like, power at 400%. Well, would you look at that? <laughs> he's like, that's pretty cool. I also love, we can talk about it more when we get to end game, but you notice Tony like modifies his suit in that to like absorb the lightning and be able to like power it out. Yeah, it's great. I love about this movie. I just just love like all those like little things that Tony's like so smart that he like can take this thing that happened in Avengers where it like overloaded his suit and be like, I'm gonna like think of a way to make that to my advantage in the future. Of course you would, Tony. Well, I mean, that's the cool thing about as someone who works in like a STEM school, that's like the cool thing about what works with technology is like you're supposed to, it's supposed to always ever be evolving. It's never supposed to be like finished, finished. You're always supposed to be able to make modifications and better it as time goes on. But people normally think they're like, once I've invented something, you don't have to fix it again. I'm like, no, you're supposed to constantly be fixing it. So like, it's cool to see like, while everyone's like, oh, there's so many like Iron Man suits. I'm like, yeah, because he's learning from each battle and each experience how the suit can be better. Yeah. I mean, we saw it all the way back in Iron Man and we see it all the way through Endgame, which I think is just, I say, I don't remember. I think we're on maybe like Mark 30 or something at this point by the time we get to the Avengers. I'll look it up. I'll find out. But yeah, he like makes so many different iterations of the suit, which we can talk about in Iron Man 3. Um. So with that. Like we said, uh, Stark and 
Rogers and all of them intervene, and then they end up capturing Loki, and they like agree to take him onto the helicarrier. I was gonna call it the helicraft, the helicarrier, which is like this huge huge thing which i don't understand why they would make it like i understand making it invisible is like ooh, we like so enemies can't see but like planes then can't see and that thing's huge maybe they have like the, you know they have air traffic controllers that just tell them to go around let's hope so because there's a lot in this movie i don't know i think i'm realizing as we're discussing this there's a lot that we have to like suspend disbelief for whereas in the later marvel movies we don't have to do that as much <laughs> okay like, they usually give an explanation i feel like they usually give an explanation for things like that's so i i think it was a youtube video that i watched where they talked about the difference between marvel and dc and why the mcu does so much better than the dc eu which is now being changed is that Marvel is very grounded in reality. Like Marvel is able to when like even with like the mystical things that happen, they still tie it back to like science somehow. Whereas like in DC, like you throw like the tiniest punch and you fly through like seven buildings. So like there it's not grounded in reality. So that's why I'm like that's why I'm saying like with some of these things, it's like ooh, they're grand and crazy, but like in other Marvel movies they make it feasible, I guess. I mean, I'm sure S.H.I.E.L.D. has some way of telling planes how to avoid where the helicarrier is. Well, this is the only other time we see it. Well, I'm sure it's been doing other things. So they're a very secret organization. You know, maybe we fly by helicarriers every single day. We just don't even know it. You know what? Maybe. But you know what? We never see this helicarrier ever in the MCU again. So, again, clearly just to be grand and crazy. Maybe. Who knows? Because because I'm like, when we get to Winter Soldier, everything's pretty grounded in reality with like Shield. I haven't watched Winter Soldier in a while, but it's also the difference of like the Russo brothers versus like Josh Whedon. Yeah, Josh Whedon is very like very ten- fantastical. Yeah, that's the word I was looking for. I say, I mean, yeah, no, I'm sure like in the construct of like, I mean, they have so many people on that helicarrier. When they're not playing Galaga, you know, they're probably doing smart stuff like telling planes to avoid them. <laughs> you, oh my god, I, that's also my favorite part is when Tony's like, how does he, how does he see this other side? He turns. <laughs> it's so much energy. <laughs> uh, so they basically get, to, um, the Avengers come into that helicarrier room and they're all basically like debating on what they should do with Loki and how they're going to find the Tesseract and what they're going to end up doing. And so... What we end up finding out through all of this arguing and like running off and doing their own little side missions, which takes like a grand total of like 10 minutes. Rogers figures out that they're going to use the Tesseract to make weapons of mass destruction. Uh, specifically, was Fury says later, specifically for extraterrestrials that may come to the planet because Thor, they realized they were vastly like unprotected if an extraterrestrial came to Earth which they are. And Rogers is like, I don't like want to like, he will follow directions, but he's also like, this isn't okay. And then they're all suddenly like, Oh, because Natasha goes and sees Loki and realizes that Loki is like banking on banner hulking out and like destroying all of them so he can get freed. So then, which is weird. Like they, she just comes in. She's like, maybe you should like calm down Bruce. And he's like, what? Like I'm, you guys brought me here, but like, 
I'm calm right now. Why are you suddenly asking if I'm calm? Like the look of like, what is it? And it's so like a 180, like maybe you should step away from this. Like you brought me here. I was happy. I was like doing my own thing in India. Why did you bring me here? So when all that happens, they end up getting attacked by Loki's agents, which uh, I forget. I don't even know who it would be because it can't. I mean, I guess it can be Hydra, but they were like, they said, how do you have all these people that are like going to work for us? And Barton says that it's, oh, that shield has a lot of enemies. So like, did they just put out a call being like, those that are against shield, come join us. We're taking them down. I don't know. I mean, or Barton just hit people up that he knew. Well, again, we'll just suspend disbelief for a little bit, but going back. So one of my favorite favorite fun facts about this movie so in when they're in like the lab scene robert downey jr would hide snacks throughout the set and so when he grabs the blueberries and like offers them to banner and rogers that was not in the script he just like was like i'm hungry while i'm filming this scene and i'm gonna you know basically improv like all of this and they all just like went with it and i absolutely love that that's the take that they like left in the movie it like makes me it's one of my favorite things. That's great, though. Like, that's that's the thing, too, is, like, I love when actors, like, take... They don't take it too seriously, but they do at the same time. Like, they... Acting is supposed to be fun. Like, you're supposed to be able to involve in a character and, like, bounce off of people. So, like, being able to throw something in there and no one know what's coming and then still react to it is great. So I think that's amazing. So anyways, with the attackers now on board the helicarrier, Bruce gets all worked up. And um, his, what was, what did it say in his movie in The Incredible Hulk? Days of, like, incident or, like. Oh, yeah, days since incident or something like that. Yeah, he, parent poor Bruce, over a year. Over a year. And then he turns into the Hulk. Now, this Hulk, I will agree, is super menacing. Like, I remember seeing that first time that he, like, turns around, like, the slight, like, over the shoulder. I'm like, oh, my God, he's frightening. Scary. And uh, basically goes after Natasha. And poor Natasha. Poor Natasha. Because she... Like, I just... I remember... I forget what ends up happening, but she's, like, hidden for a second. She's, like, just shaking the whole time. And they're like, he's a one copy. And she's, like, Romanoff, like, here. And then she gets up and goes. But, like, I don't blame her. Like, she was shaking hard. Yeah, he, like, chased her. And then Thor showed up and... Thor and Hulk decided to smash it out. That was also hilarious where uh, he throws the hammer and Hulk is trying so hard to get it to come up and it won't. He's not worthy. He's not worthy. He is not worthy. Yep, he is not worthy. Um, So then Natasha and Barton have a little scrimmage of their own where she ends up knocking him out. And apparently knocking him out gets him out of the mind control. Don't know how, but apparently that's how you do it. Recalibration. And then Loki escapes after killing Coulson, but then like swaps places with Thor first. And then like Thor just whoosh, down to his death. And yeah, he kills Coulson, which I'm like, man. I know. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like it either. I'm just like, that's such a, like a, I like, I honestly was not expecting that. Like I wasn't expecting like such a one. It's such a like in your face, like, haha, I killed him. Like, look at how badly I've killed him. Look. And then the the thing that gets me the most is the blood on the cards. Like, that, I don't know why that hurts. 
I guess the theory has a flair for the dramatic, but also when I watched it, because I knew that the actor who played Coulson was in S.H.I.E.L.D., Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the show, I was not expecting that the first time I watched it. I was like, oh, yeah, he's going to, like, live and go on to this, and then and then it made it more confusing, but I was, like, so incredibly shocked that he died the first time I saw it. I think because, like, with, with the whole, like, card thing, it's like, oh, like, Coulson believed in the Avengers, like, he was fighting to have them be who they were, you know, become a team. Become the Avengers and the team. Yeah. So, um, yep. So they all are just mournful and sad that this has happened. I also skipped over the whole thing is like, they also, this is when they're starting to slowly work as a team, especially Tony and uh, Cap. I think that's like the big one is like, you see how much they butt heads, but like when push comes to shove, they'll work with each other. Yeah, I say also when, like, they're fighting, you know, Cap has that line. He's like, you're not the guy who's going to make the sacrifice play, you know, to lay down on the wire and, you know, let someone else crawl over you. And Tony's like, well, I just cut the wire. (laughs) All of that. I also love with, uh, like, because Bruce and Tony, like, speak all the, like, sciencey language. And and that part where he's like, finally, someone who speaks English. And then when Tony's trying to tell Cap he needs to pull the lever, and Cap's just like, English, please. (laughs) I feel that so much. Listen, he's a smart, like, to Tony's, like, it's common sense. Yeah, just say pull the red lever. Like, it's not, that's much simpler than all the other words you were saying. I mean, I guess. No, I mean, listen, I'd be the same way. I'd be like, I have no idea what you're saying. Please, like, speak as the Englishy. Simplify. So once all that happens, Loki ends up going to New York. Oh, that's, wait, wait, wait. That was what, that was the good line too, was Tony says, Loki likes theatrics. He's going to want to put, like, he's going to do it on, like, a big building with his name on it. And he goes, and, and he knows it's going to be Stark Tower, which is great. Yep. <laughs> I say, yeah, also because they were talking about like the clean energy thing. And yeah, I say we knew it was going to be Stark Tower. So that's where uh, Loki uses the scepter and this reactor situation. And they create a wormhole that allows the Chitauri to come in to New York and wreak all kinds of havoc. Like that is it. Ugh. Like, I don't know what I would do if I, like, looked up at the sky and I saw, like, these one alien alien figures, like, riding on basically motorcycles to, like, come after me. And then a huge worm just, like, comes out with, like, armor. And then more aliens pop out of it. Like, that's it's, that's crazy. Crazy town. <laughs> it's so crazy. Oh, yeah. We would, we would all lose our minds. Yeah, so I forget how does because Thor disappears for a minute because he's like because he when he got thrown out of the ship he ends up somewhere else. Yeah, we don't really know where he ends up. He just ends up somewhere, but then he I don't know how he knows to go to New York, but he ends up in New York as well. And Bruce is in the same vein too which is funny because later i just doesn't he just come up in a scooter you just like yeah he like rides up like a little like motorbike which uh and then he delivers his best line of that's my that's my secret i'm always angry it's my secret cap i'm always angry but yeah this is where we get a million different fight sequences just all of them i say yeah no that uh, the iconic avengers spin round shot to the music is just it's still so good 
but I still think I like the Age, of the Age of Ultron one a little better because it looks a little, a little cooler. Uh, <laughs> but it's that one's like so iconic. But also in this part where it's like they're trying to get people out of like one of the streets and Cap like jumps down. He's like giving the policeman orders. And the guy's like, well, why should I listen to you? And then all of a sudden like these Chachari show up and he just like beats the did the daylights out of them and then, then the guy's like you just do this <laughs> it's like yeah listen to captain america guys which i don't understand why they wouldn't look at him and be like this is captain america even if he's like vintage wouldn't you still know that it's captain america maybe i don't know i don't know that's where i'm like i feel like if he's famous enough i mean i know he'd be like niche for some people but like i don't know maybe it's one of those you know how there's some people that are like really big World War II buffs and they know like mm. every plane carrier. I was like, maybe he's like that, where like you have to be a World War II buff to know who Captain America is. Maybe. I don't I don't know. Very well, very well could be, but <laughs> I will say the only thing that drives me nuts about this scene is again, I only went to New York once like ten years ago, but I came out of Grand Central Terminal, and I do not remember there being an overpass right next to Grand Central Terminal. No, I'm pretty sure there is, because there's a little restaurant that's under there. Really? I'm pretty sure. Well, for some reason, I don't... For some reason, I thought there wasn't, and I was just like, why did they put this random thing in front of Grand Central Terminal? But anyways, I don't understand why we have this World Council in the first Avengers movie, because we never see them again. No, we do. We see them in... Uh, pretty sure we see them in Winter Soldier. Do we? Pretty sure. Huh. Well, that would make sense, but I don't remember because I don't watch Winter Soldier. So, <laughs> which we'll get to when we get there. So the Security Council is like, we need to destroy all these aliens, and so we're going to send a nuke. And Nick Fury is like, don't do that because, like, the Avengers have it handled. It's just, like, give them time. And they're like, no, we're just going to bomb the whole city. And they're like, no, like, it's just the aliens. Why are you going to bomb all the innocent civilians? And they're like, one city is better than, like, the whole planet. And so they send the nuke. Oh, no, first they're going to use uh, a person that's already on the helicarrier, which I'm like, dang, that's bold. And they're like, we're just going to say F Fury and listen to what we have to say. And then Fury ends up blowing up one of the planes, but it's the wrong plane. And I'm like, that's also really bad that you just murdered somebody for no reason. Also, he was also going to murder this other dude, too. Like, the more I think about it, because... I think it's part of what the book that I just read is like people don't think about the little people, like the ones that are doing like the quote unquote minion-y things. They have a brother or a sister, a mom and a dad. They have a family too, and now they're just gone. Yeah. I mean they kinda they kinda talk about that in uh Far From Home. They do. They do. All the way home is getting messing <laughs> sometimes the switching homes. on those. I was like, wait, did I reference the right one? Yeah. <laughs> So Tony is able to take the nuke and he's like, I'm going to put it right into the wormhole so it stops all of the aliens from coming through. Which who knew that they were all connected to this like mothership that it would just make them die like robots. I thought they were like actual sentient beings and not controlled by a thing. Which goes in their favor, so cool. Yeah, I say. But also they figure out because uh, Selvig eventually comes out of his like mind control as well that he built in a fail safe into the the tesseract device that if you stick loki's scepter in there it'll close the wormhole so tony's like no wait hold on 
we got to send the nuke up there before we close it. And which is also crazy because I think that Tony's going to end up being stuck in space forever. And he does it. He makes it out after the explosion happens and all the aliens just go. And the big worm just goes, which I mean, (laughs) is great later on for Spider-Man or the people that are in Spider-Man, but not so great for the people in New York or like just this giant worm just boop. On your building, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Just, the aftermath of this, yeah, it was just not great. But yeah, Tony Tony makes the sacrifice play. He does. So un-Tony-like. So anyways, um, the Hulk ends up breaking uh, Tony's fall because Tony is obviously unconscious. And I think it's funny that the way that he wakes up is just like Hulk screaming in his face. I know. What, what a way to wake up. And then, then he wants shawarma. Oh, he also said, none of you kissed me, did you? Yeah. <laughs> oh, so such great ad lib lines. Oh, I love it. This is this great shawarma place on the street? I've never had it before, but I want to try it. I love shawarma. <laughs> you know, I still haven't had it at Avengers Campus. Like, yeah. every time I go, I'm like, I want to get it, and I keep forgetting to do it. How do you forget? It's right there. Because I go to Pim's and then I'm satisfied with food and then I'm like, I'll come back later. And then I go do other things in DCA and then I'm like, I'm back and I see it. And I'm like, ah, shawarma, but I'm not hungry yet. I'll come back for you. And then I don't do it. Well, you're missing out and you should just not eat at Pim's and just get drinks at Pim's and get shawarma and eat it with your drink. I should do that instead. You're right. You're right, Carolyn. You're right. So uh, at the end of all of that, basically they all go their separate ways. Loki ends up going back to Asgard with Thor and they use the Tesseract to get there. So the Tesseract and Loki are back on Asgard. Cap is like, I'm going to go road, ride my motorbike into the sunset. Tony and Bruce go off, but we don't know what they're doing because we don't really see Bruce again until Age of Ultron. He's in the Iron Man 3 post-credit scene. Oh, that's right. Okay, okay. Well, again, but again, we don't really see him until Age yes, of Yes, 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 yes. He's just living it up at Stark Tower, you know? And, uh, oh, oh my god, I totally, uh, I skipped over the whole thing at the end where Loki, okay, because Loki's up there with, like, Tony, because Tony's trying to, like, talk Loki down or whatever, and Hulk ends up, like, smashing him into the ground, which is, like, the biggest, like... The f- I remember that being the big meme when this came out was just that. was, like, the we like, puny god. Puny god. And then the, we have a Hulk. Yes. But the thing... Okay, this is the thing that I'm, like, trying to, like... It's very iconic looking and very cinematic. But there is no freaking way that Loki is looking that direction crawling up the stairs backwards and then goes, oh, they're staring at me? That makes zero sense. Like, again, great shot. Phenomenal shot. Looks amazing. But realistically, Loki is not going to go backwards and then be like, oh, now you're looking at me. Now I see you. You know, maybe his head was a little spinny after the Hulk smashed him into the ground. Maybe. I, that's Like I said, there's just some things in this movie that, like, they don't make sense to me. Um, but anyways, so they're like, why did you let the uh, the World Council's like, why did you let the Avengers loose? We need to keep track of them. And they're like, no. And they're like, well, how do you know they'll come back again? And he's like, because they want to do what's right for the world. And um, that's where, oh, and that's when Tony also changes Stark Tower to just be the Avengers Tower. Yeah, and we see he's got the plans for like each of their rooms. Yes. And so, yep. 
then we end the movie there. And we have a couple of end credit scenes, but they don't really like, I mean, like since we're going them in a different, since we're going in a different order. What do you mean we're going in a different order? I'm out of it. I'm out of it. The first one is important. Yes, I'm dumb. Listen, it's been a week. It's been a week. (laughs) I say it's the other guy talking to Thanos about to court the Avengers is to court death, setting up the trajectory of where we're going in these phases. (laughs) I'm (laughs) dumb. Second one is just ridiculous and funny because it's them eating shawarma and I love it so much. Probably one of my favorite post credit scenes. Listen, it's fine, but also a week. <laughs> I'm not judging you. You're fine. <laughs> but uh, my one of my favorite things about the second post credit scene is they filmed that after the premiere of the Avengers and. That was like filmed that that night because they were all there. And the reason you don't see Evans eating shawarma is because he was filming Snowpiercer, and he had he had that massive beard. So they had to put like a full like face prosthetic like on him, and that's why he was just sitting there with his hand on his face. I remember that. I remember that they had filmed that, and that he was like, "Yeah, I have to put something over my face." But I didn't know that part that they did it after the premiere. That's that's great. Yeah, and then they added it, and I was like, "Oh, I was." Fun, fun Marvel facts with Carolyn. But we did it. We made it through the first Avengers movie. And phase one. And phase one. Look at us go. Only three more phases to go. And phase four is the longest of them all. Yeah, but I say that'll be sometime uh, next year, 2025. <laughs> we don't know. We we don't really plan these out too, too far in advance. <laughs> Yeah, we just we're we're like we'll just go through the phases. We'll just go through the phases, see where we end up. Yeah, while we sprinkle some other things in between too. So, what are some of your favorite things about this film, Carolyn? I say I just love. I think one of the things I love about this movie is just the like the interactions between the characters. I know I said that originally I didn't love it as much because they didn't all like get along like I was thinking that they were going to but this is where I really feel like a lot of the characters start to kind of come into their own a little bit like collectively like we get a really better version of Natasha we get a, a sassy Tony and how they all like interact together there's just so many great lines in this movie too there really is yeah like this is it's just fun to watch and fun to it doesn't matter how many times I've seen this I still laugh at like all the same <laughs> stupid lines or funny lines or I'm just like oh I just love this part so much just finally seeing them all come together in this movie after watching them all like individually and seeing those stories I feel like is really good I say I do feel like Thor and Hawkeye are like the underutilized Avengers at this point. Like, I don't really ever think Josh Whedon knew what to do with either of them. I mean, Hawkeye gets a little bit better at Age of Ultron, but yeah. And like the action in this movie is great. Like the last battle scene, them fighting on the helicarrier. Like it's just, I say it's the first one we've watched in a while. It's been like fully, you know, like engaging to watch. Yeah, for sure. I can agree with that, that it's, this movie is definitely one that I was like, oh, I enjoy watching this all together. Like, it's been a fun ride. It's 
there's it sounds bad but like there's finally payoff for all the movies that we watched i mean i would agree with that so i i just thoroughly enjoyed tony's sassiness as always but like for this one it's like i think because he's part of an ensemble with this one it's not so overwhelming like the other ones are like it's still great in all the other iron man movies but it's like sassy tony is everything that we get in the other movies whereas like this one it's like it adds to the story it's not like ha, ah, let's see how funny we can make tony stark but yeah i also enjoy just the th- like it's just a good thrill movie like you get to see all the action sequences and just how all of them can kind of coexist and it's crazy to think that like nothing like this had ever been done before like that's also the crazy part about this movie is like n- no other studio had done something like this or to this degree so i think that's also phenomenal too yeah i i agree well that's because that was the other thing that drove me nuts because like i do i was a big dc dude growing up and when i watched i think at that point it was just batman versus superman man of steel and wonder woman that was all that was out and then they were like justice league i was like you can't you can't do that because they i think they literally released it maybe like two years after avengers and i'm like i don't care about these characters because we haven't invested all this time and energy like we did with all the other ones like i think that was the big problem that i keep like that dc is suffering from is like they're trying to replicate the mcu formula and they can't because the mcu takes its time and people get impatient like you've heard me rant a few times about how impatient i got with phase four where is it going we will see we will see it ends up coming together at some point like you've what carolyn has said to me many times it will come together at some point you just need to be patient I say we've got all all these threads and I think what people didn't also understand about phase four was it was like the recovery phase so it's like we just had this literally big massive traumatic thing that happened in the Marvel Cinematic Universe and so we're seeing all of those like spread out pieces of what that looks like in the aftermath and now we're gonna start moving towards Secret Wars and Kang and like all of that stuff but I think also what Marvel did well, but also I think they kind of were, sh- they were kind of boxed into it because when Marvel comics went through, I don't remember when specifically it was, but you know, they went through a period of time where it's like they had to sell their characters off. So they sold their most popular characters, not sell, but basically sell the rights to like make things. So that's why Sony has Spider-Man. That's why 21st Century Fox had Fantastic Four and the X-Men because they were like the most popular of their comics. And so all Marvel Studios had left was basically like their B-string. So like Marvel took their B-string and made it their A, like their A-string. I'm probably not using the right words here. But so like they basically took all these characters where it's like you like know of them, like maybe they have like a popular comic run or two. Like I think out of the characters they had initially, like Thor was probably the most recognizable name. Whereas DC, I feel like it's like, how many times have we have we reinvented Superman? How many times have we reinvented Batman? And like Wonder Woman, I do think I don't it was a long, long time ago that she had like the TV show. But it's like we just kept seeing this 
new versions of the same characters over and over again. So it's like, do we really need another Batman movie? Do we really need another Superman movie? And so I think that's where the DC, EU, whatever they call it, and the Marvel Cinematic Universe are like so different. It's like, we're going to try and build this thing with these characters that we've already made a million movies for. Whereas Marvel was telling new different stories with characters that they were like, we're just going to keep building with these characters and we're not going to, we're not going to reinvent Iron Man after we've already done two Iron Man movies. You know, it's like, I think that's where like the inherent difference is also in, in popularity. Also the DC movies are just not that good. So, well, we'll see what happens now that, which I think that's going to be the other crazy thing is now we've had someone who's been on the inside of the MCU is now the head of DC or like the movies. So like that might make a difference. We might see a shift with that. Maybe, but again, he's going to do another Superman movie. Like, do I genuinely care about another Superman movie? I grew up on Smallville. I watched the Brandon Roth one. I kind of watched the Henry Cavill Superman. I'm like, do I need a fourth Superman in my lifetime? I don't know. I don't think I do. No, (laughs) but I think they're also, like I said, I think they're trying to figure out how to combat the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which they're obviously they're failing very hard. Very, very hard. But who knows? Like, maybe this is where we... Because I think that... Because that happened with Disney for a long time, too. Was like, it took forever for, like, another animation company to be... Not on the same level, but be a competitor. So I think that might be something, like, to be interesting to look at. Especially with James Gunn doing it. So, you know, you're your homeboy for all your Guardians movies. Oh, yeah. But uh, back to the Avengers. Was there anything that you didn't like about this movie, Rod? Not really. It was just more of, like I said, some things were just too fantastical for me that like visually awesome, but like realistically didn't make sense to me. Because like I said, in all these other, I think it's because I've seen all these other Marvel movies and seen how, yes, they can make things fantastical, but also realistic. I think that's been my problem with the Paramount movies has been like, they, they just try to be too superhero-y. Whereas the rest of the MCU is very much like, these are just people. It's like the, like my favorite TV show, Charmed. They said that they are sisters who happen to be witches, not witches that happen to be sisters. And that's how the MCU ends up being after, I feel like after Paramount is, these are people that just so happen to be heroes, not heroes that just so happen to be people. And so I think that's where, like I said, some of the things just too comic booky for me in this movie but moving forward i just enjoy the the groundedness of it all the groundedness of it all yeah i agree i think this one stylistically and in some of the places and like some of the dialogue it gets a little corny it definitely like we talked about with like cap suit in this one i think it's just so like it's like too vibrant it's it's too vibrant red white and blue like that's the only way i can really like put it out in my brain it's like some of those like little things where it definitely doesn't feel as like polished as some of the later marvel movies which like as you said i think that comes with them you know gaining in popularity because this was really the movie that was kind of like well this is either gonna derail what we're trying to do and we're not going to be able to really move forward or it'll take off and it took off. So 
you know, I think we're still seeing while they did obviously invest a lot of money and a lot of time and a lot of energy into it, it doesn't quite have the polish of some of the the movies we'll be watching next in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which I think you can you can kind of tell. There's nothing that I really like you said like dislike about it, especially now and like rewatching it. I always enjoy watching the Avengers. Well, we did it. So now that we've gone through it, Carolyn, how many Infinity Stones would you give this movie? I am going to bump it up. Um, I'm going to say this is eight Infinity Stones. All right. I'm going to give it a seven. It's still not like, it's just, it's an okay one for me. I think again, because we've seen the progression of everything else that it's just, it's just going to settle at like a seven for me. Still iconic, but a seven. (laughs) Still exit. Especially when you like stack it up against some of the other Avenger movies, you're like, like if you stack this up against Infinity War, very different. Like I'm not gonna even say Endgame. Just if you stack it up against Infinity War, very different. I'm also gonna say I'm very glad that we got the Civil War. Like I know people say Civil War is like a pseudo Avengers movie, which I'm glad we got that because in real, like realistically, because I know that Infinity War was supposed to be just like I mean it is a two parter movie, but they call it two different things. In reality, we only got three Avengers movies, like three Avengers movies. So, like, that's what's wild to me, too, is that, like, we, I mean, I'm glad that we didn't get a bunch of them, but, like, that's wild that we only got three. Right? It's crazy. (laughs) It feels like there should have been way more, but, like, I think that's the thing that makes them, like, great is that you get them so sparingly. So, like, when they do all come together, it's like, ah! It's the freak out moment. I say, I'm so excited for whatever new Avengers team people are going to come together for secret wars yeah i'm excited to see how that works too but that's a long ways away we're not we're not close to that yet so we're just gonna <laughs> not even not even podcast wise just actual time wise yeah years will be so long it's like phase seven i think i don't even know at this point but Rod, where can people find you? Oh, before that, I was going to say, Carolyn, do you want to say what we're talking about after this, since we're not doing Marvel right after this with the next franchises? <laughs> we're going to talk about a movie that Rod referenced a couple episodes ago. I don't entirely remember when. Uh, we're going to watch The Black Cauldron. <laughs> I don't know if I'm excited about this, but I definitely... <laughs> You're going to laugh when you hear my memory of watching this for the first time. Oh my gosh. I need to, I I block this movie out a lot. So it's going to be definitely interesting revisiting it. I've watched it maybe like two or three times since the pandemic. So it's going to be real interesting. <laughs> It'll be fun. That's, it's going to be real interesting. But yes, um, to answer your question, Carolyn, if you want to find me on the internet, you can find me at Rod Meets World with an H. How can people find you, Carolyn? You can find me at the tiniest Avenger on Instagram with underscores between each word. And if you want to follow us on the podcast, you can follow Disney Geeks the Pod. See you next time. Bye. <laughs>